You are now in tune with the Talking Reggae podcast. As always, I am Jay of Street Level Uprising. I've got a very special guest today. Uh, let's just jump on into it. You may know her from Top Shelf Music, but let's get into it. Because Christy has a new venture also, Noteworthy PR. So we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Christy Rose, how are you? I'm doing well, Jay. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Very well. Very nice to be talking with you. So what I like to start, I, I love everybody's first impression of reggae. So <laughs> t- take me back to like that first moment that you really remember just falling in love with reggae music. Okay. Well, I grew up in Boise, Idaho, where there's not a big reggae following. Um, I have to admit that it's, it was pretty whitewashed back then. So it was like country music or top 40 or nothing. (laughs) You know, the top 40 in the nineties were like alt rock, you know, it wasn't like just pop music. Um, so it wasn't around the, until the time I, um, moved to California, I was, uh, 16 or maybe right before that. Um, obviously sublime, um, was a big thing everywhere. So, um, when I started smoking weed, I could say that, right. It's not for children. <laughs> well, it's still a felony where I grew up. So, um, when I started smoking weed in the Idaho state that didn't give me a felony. Thank God. Um, I was listening to sublime and slightly stupid would come through town a lot in, um, like, I think I saw them. It was like 2004, 2005, something like that. And then, um, I got to college at San Diego state and that's when everybody like, okay. So 2007 is when I got to San Diego state, but, and I don't know if you guys have followed the reggae rock genre, but in 2007, it was lit. Like we got Collie Buds' biggest CD. We had like Iration on the map. Revolution exploded out of nowhere. Uh, I think Slightly Stupid dropped a huge album. Um, and it was it was a thing. Like all of a sudden, they, the Expendables, Reggae Rock exploded. So that's how I kind of got into it. And then um, I was working at Seedless Clothing. And um, we started doing like collabs um, with artists, like not just reggae artists, um, but main ones were, um, like Barrington Levy and like slightly stupid, obviously they went to school with my boss, uh, the boys. So they had like a special bond. And that's why like Kyle always wears seatless clothing stuff on stage. He comes through and gets all the new shit. And then, oh shit. Can I, oh fuck. Oh God, that was a snowball. of Don't worry. Bull. Don't worry. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, this is why I need a warning label. No, it's okay. Uh, this, this is not public radio. So we're, we're okay. doing, we're fine. Now that expletives and weed and like discussing of felonies is out of the way. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I was at seedless clothing all through college. I was like the front desk person. Then I became a bookkeeper person and um started working with the boys and they started doing events and i don't know if anybody knows seedless clothing out of ocean beach here in san diego but they really had this event presence at that time between 2007 and 2012 um, when i left it was it was kind of like the golden years where we were everywhere and we had like uh, Barrington Levy shows and, um, like living legends shows, um, Andre Nicotina shows, we were hip hop, reggae, all that stuff. And then, um, 
my ex was in a reggae band and he started touring with like the likes of, well, he started playing shows with like Iration, Expendables, whatever. And I kind of got into that scene and Cali Roots became a thing. And so I started going to that. And then by year three, Cali Roots, that was my first press pass by myself. Like I was a freelance artist and I was given a photo pass. And I thought I was the coolest. It was the coolest experience to be in the photo pit for the first time um, at year three Cali Roots. And um, ever since then, I kind of just did my own thing by 2014, maybe the beginning of 2015. I got a text message from my friend Liz, who's here in San Diego, who um, said, hey, I don't know. I don't know what you're up to, but I know you used to write in college for a newspaper. Um, there's this new brand that's like a publication online, like a blog for reggae music. It's called Top Shelf Reggae and it's out of the Bay Area. And I'm the only one here in San Diego. And I was wondering, maybe you can like help them out with like social media posts or something like that. I was like, yeah, I can lend a hand. So I hit up the editor and he's like, no, let's get you start, starting on articles. Like we don't need social media. We could just just start writing for us, start being with us. So I, um, I joined the staff and then I think fast forward two and a half, three years, it was just Brian, the the founder and I on the staff left and it was a dwindling effort. We posted irregularly and I was writing irregularly and, um, Brian is an engineer at Pandora and um he had a, a child and then when his second kid was on the way he had like a mortgage big job wife kids all the things he's like i'm gonna have to throw in the towel go on paternity leave for a little bit i'm like well i'm not ready to give this up because we've built the foundation and people recognize us and i i don't know where it's going but i'm not ready to give up yet so he's like well why don't you become managing editor and i said okay so i think that was february i want to say 2016. And so I kind of just ran with it. All of a sudden I wanted to, I like posted every single day and I was the only one writing content. Like it was just me for the longest time. And, um, I started telling my friends about it and freelance photographers were like, Oh, I'm having trouble getting into events. I need like a brand to be assigned by. I'm like, well, Hey, just, you know, shoot this event for top shelf, you know? And so I started acting like an assignment editor where I was like sending people, even though they told me where they wanted to go I, to the festivals. I was like sending on the, on assignment, these people. And so they like the early photographers, um, like Gia Kreitzberg and her daughter, Sandy, they were already on staff. They came back, um, started shooting stuff. And then Sean McCracken was one of the early adopters, uh, Heather Van Mark. She was one of the early adopters and they just started telling their friends and more and more people kept coming my way. And as of today, I, I am now like editor in chief cause Brian never came back. As of today, we have 52 photojournalists in North America. I say North America cause there's one in Toronto, Canada at an event right now. <laughs> and, um, there are more onboarding. So we are going to have like 54, maybe 55 by Monday. And, um, it's been a wild ride. Like we rebranded in May of 2019 to top shelf music, opening up to a larger audience because 
not only was the reggae genre becoming blended, but my photographers who are working for free, it's all donation based, um, which I am eternally grateful for that they're working for trade for access. Um, they, they started wanting to go to other things. They're like, I want to shoot Post Malone. And I'm like, well, I can't get you a pass for Post Malone when we're called Top Shelf Reggae. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So um, I was like, well, it's, it's about that time. Everything's becoming blended. Festivals have reggae artists like a Marley played Coachella. Like it's time. So we did that. And now we have a brand new website um, with like all the old content um, ported over. Uh, we have a store. We have, um, I have an executive team. I have a chief marketing officer, social media director. I have a VP of operations, ad director. It's, it's been a wild ride and now it's turning into something that I can't really give too much away, but 2022, you, if you don't know us, you'll know us. <laughs> That's cool. And I'm sure a lot of people do. And maybe a lot of people know you from the, the music news videos. That oh you, my gosh. That you do. Um, I, <laughs> yes, I, I, I didn't even mention our YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I had to because I love it. And I love um oh, thanks for watching. I love when music and humor mix. And it's not something that always works in music because artists oh. as artists, you're always supposed to be so serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I'm waiting for someone to be mad at me. I'm just waiting. Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw, I, I like how you put disclaimers down there sometimes, but because, because yeah. you do, you almost do have to tell people like, like, yo, this is humor or, or this is satire or something, because a lot of times people just expect serious music, uh, serious yeah. talk from artists, mm -hmm. serious music news. Um, so I love it because I love that humor. And I, and I, I, I haven't been able to get away with, with humor like you can, because <laughs> it's, it's all about expectations. It's all about what people expect and they don't, yeah. it, you catch people off guard, but I love the way you do it. What's been, it looks like you have, do you have as much fun doing <laughs> it as it looks like you're having? Uh, yes, but it's also kind of painful. <laughs> um, so the, let, let's rewind. The disclaimer came from a failed web series that ended up with a lot of death threats because I crossed the line. Apparently the humor went too far. So I ended a web series called Top Shelf Takes the Street and um, started Top Shelf Music News, which I, I always watched. Like when I when I was growing up, there was a thing called the MTV that actually had music videos on it. And um, that was like my news. Like I cared about MTV news, those news breaks that were like in between stuff more than the actual news. But I was also like in junior high and high school. So it's like, I, I wanted to know what was going on with new releases. And now in this day of internet, obviously that doesn't exist. And MTV kind of dwindled out, but there's no like music update anymore. And, you know, like I also grew up with Saturday night live, you know, like the golden age of Saturday night live with Will Ferrell and all the people. And so the weekend updates I thought were hilarious. And I'm like, okay, I don't really watch Saturday night live anymore. I know they still do weekend updates, but I'm like, what if we just fuse the two together where it's like a serious looking like studio, like a newscast looking thing, but it's, it's humorous, like SNL weekend update, but it's only about music. So that's where that came from. I just like to steal things and make it my own. Uh, 
<laughs> um, and my co-host, Matt, Matt Cook, he is not officially part of Top Shelf. I've just known him. Um, he's the lead singer of a band called No Kings out of Ocean Beach, California. I met him in 2012 at one of the first mustache bashes, which is a thing here, an annual thing here in San Diego. And um, it was like his first performance with No Kings. And it was at Winston's. I was just shooting freelance. This was way before Top Shelf ever came into my life. And um, I met him and we've always just crossed paths. And I know that he used to do a new show called uh, Matt Cook Live. Never watched it, but I heard about it. And I, I knew that he was a funny guy. So I'm like, okay, if there's one person that can get the vibe of what I'm trying to pull off, it's Matt. And he's also, you know, experienced in this like stupid newscast because that was Matt Cook Live. And I'm like, okay, he can act like a newscaster. He, he can probably vibe with me. Let's do this. So of course it's like when we get in the room together, it, we get derailed so easily. I write every episode and he doesn't even see the script till he <laughs> shows up here. <laughs> and so a lot of the times, like, I'm like, okay, can I rework this joke? Like I was really tired when I wrote this, like, can we, what can we do here? Like what, other news do you know that could be better um so we like work it together and we don't have a teleprompter so he gets a script handed to him and has to memorize his line <laughs> into the camera with like three seconds so it takes a while um the tech isn't there yet but we might get there eventually um we are on our 18th episode which it was supposed to be monthly, but now it's like, I'm going to do it when it fits into our schedules. Um, and now that I started my own business, it's behind, but you can, you can expect a Halloween episode coming up, um, at some point. And I'm going to be in a costume of some kind. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And I, and I think a weekend update meets MTV news is such a great way to describe it. That really is perfect. And I also grew up during the, the era when MTV actually mattered. So shout out to Kurt right. Loader and Tabitha. Right, Thorne. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, Kurt Loader so, told me what's up. And it's like, <laughs> I cared about what he said. And like, yeah. if there was like that MTV yeah. breaking, I was like, okay, what happened? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. When they just kind of, yeah. It's like, oh my Breaking God, what's like, going what on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's how most of the world found out Kurt Cobain was dead. was like MTV exactly. knew. Like that was, exactly. it was so important for such a long period of time. So, um, you know, it's, it's really cool that, that you kind of have that, you know, we're giving you music news, but we're going to make it funny too. So I, I, so I get the idea about Matt's preparation time now, but what, <laughs> yeah. about, what, what about yours and not just with top shelf, but with, with everything, do you, um, are you the type of, writer and preparer who agonizes over things and refines it oh, or or are you more like just kind of let it flow and, and roll with it? um both i am a perfectionist with most things that i do and i like beat myself up if something doesn't go right um but when it comes to like top shelf these days like i've had to bust out so like an overwhelming amount of content in a small amount of time and it's still like that. Like I've never really been able to catch my breath. Um, so I write it as fast as I can when I can. And it's usually at random hours. Um, and we film it as fast as we can, whether we're having a good day or not. And, um, yeah, like I just, I, I just roll with it these days, you know, just yeah. 
and we do several takes. Like, even if we have a good take, it's like, okay, we're going to do it again and maybe once more, and we're going to do it in different ways and see which one works. And I just cut it all together at the end. Do you do, you do the editing also? Yes. So I do. I it's, it's pretty, Matt just shows up and looks pretty. (laughs) Let's put it like that. And um, all the, all the music is from Blaine Dillinger. He has his home studio here. Who's my boyfriend. Yeah. I was, was going to ask you at what point you'd like to plug Blaine, but <laughs> I think I already did. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was wearing my shirt. <laughs> Available at DillingerMusic.com. And it's cool. Cause when you, when you just had it down, like you can just see his head <laughs> yeah. and the, and the top of the guitar. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's my boob. Um, I love him to death. He's in like New York right now. Um, but yes, he does a lot of, uh, producer work for artists. He, he does music production, like, um, a lot of artists, especially like solo artists, um, singer songwriters who don't have a full band. They like write stuff, send in vocal tracks or whatever tracks. And he, um, does the, you know, uh, guitar, bass, percussion. He does keys. He, um, and then puts it all together to send out to like mixing, so he's always in his little hole and like it's a hole under the house. It's a studio that's under the house. And so it's this little cave and he has a bunch of snakes. So it's a snake pick cave thing <laughs> covered under the stairs. And uh, whenever I have a top shelf music idea, I'm like, babe, so I know you're like really busy, but do you want to like make a really stupid song with me? Like, and just like not do all the paid work you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) And he's nice enough to say, yeah, sure. Okay. Right on. Right on. That's cool. I love Blaine. And for more information on Blaine Bellinger, you can, you can go back to uh, season three of the Talking Reggae podcast. Uh, Blaine was on there with me. um, I don't know, probably might've been back in like February now or something. And I'm sure he'll be on again. So, uh, you know, you can learn all you need to know about Blaine Dillinger just from following the talking reggae podcast. That's how easy it is to know everything <laughs> so about easy. Blaine. So yeah. So, so super easy, super easy. So with all the stuff that you're doing with top shelf, how did you find time? How do you find time to start noteworthy public relations? Uh, well, I've been doing top shelf for seven years and I've been at the helm for about four years now. And in that amount of time, I've monetized it. Um, Like our YouTube is monetized, but obviously we don't get anything that's not like copyrighted to us. So we need original content on there. Hence the web series. Um, And I like, I had the founder work with me on the new website and Brian instigated ad space. And I tried to do ad space and sell ads. And that that's just a whole other (laughs) effort that's like full-time to do ad ad sales and so i like what i'm trying to say is it hasn't been profitable and if it were to be profitable i'd want to start paying my contributors first before myself so in this amount of time i've always had to split my time with like a part-time job a full-time office like some kind of freelance work so I've spun my wheels and throughout, through the quarantine, I just, um, got paid by the government. That was really nice. And then when that stopped, I was like, okay, well it's either go back to full-time work or at an office that drains my life or, um, reach out and start trying to do freelance everything. So I have 
two music videos in the works right now. One for Doe's Daydream, a band in Ocean Beach, and that should drop sometime next month. And then one for Mosaic, a band out of Palm Springs. And as I'm like asking people, hey, do you need work? Do you need work? Do you need work? I'm reaching out to all these people that have reached out to me in the past. And they're like, you know what? I could really use help with PR. And I got that response from like 12 people. And I'm like, you know, I can't just like do PR without, you know, accreditation. Like I needed a website. I needed to look official. I needed a logo. I need like, I, if, if a journalist or a radio station or a television station or a, a music supervisor for sync licensing gets an email from some random person, like a personal Gmail address that doesn't have any, like anything behind them besides like, Hey, check out this artist. They're not going to take it seriously. So I was in the, I was in works with, um, you know, promoting people with top shelf and making an executive team and like rolling out all these like campaigns and ideas and organizing it with software and all the things that we're doing right now. And, um, one of the people that I pulled to be my chief marketing officer is a girl named Kaylee Rose, which no relation. <laughs> people ask that a lot. She's in Toronto. They're going to ask and, it every time. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, what happened was she's part of the executive team for top shelf. Whoa. Did you hear that? I did hear that. That was excellent. Yeah. There's some okay. beautiful thunder going on there in San Diego. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, so Kaylee was, uh, she took control of our, our social media for top shelf and she was just so organized and she went to school for marketing and she has a social strategy that was like unbeatable. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a PR firm for all these people that want PR. Obviously there's a need for it. I think I can do it. I've dabbled on the media end of things. So I started putting together, um, like I got a fictitious business name. And I, I got it registered and all things with government and like got a website, locked down the socials. I got a logo going, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, when I got the logo back, it was, wasn't quite where I wanted it. And Kaylee's like, Oh, let me take a look at it. I also do graphic design. So as she's doing it, I'm like, Hmm, I should start reaching out to the people that wanted to talk about PR. And the more I talk to people, they're like, yeah, branding and, um, social media strategy, marketing, marketing, graphic design. And I was like, well, they want PR, but there's this whole other side to PR that they want that Kaylee could be so much better at. So as she's like reworking my logo, I'm like, Hey, do you also want to be like a partner? (laughs) And she's like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. So (laughs) I started a business and then now she got pulled into it and she's been such a trooper because, um, I, now that I'm like three weeks in, we have, um, eight clients that are confirmed that are already like the ball is rolling. We are doing stuff for you. And then we have, um, five more that we have calls with. Hopefully they become clients next week. And it just seems to be never ending. Like let's do this full roster. And half the time the bands need stuff from Kaylee and half the time they need stuff from me. And we're just splitting it and we don't know where it's going to go, but so far it's been good. And yeah, we're, we're trying to grow and collaborate with top shelf at the same time. Like luckily 
we have this publication in our back pocket that no other PR firms have. So it's guaranteed media every time, no matter what release, we'll get you featured on the website. We have Spotify playlists through Top Shelf that will put you on that playlist no matter what um, for playlist curation. Um, We're starting our own podcast. So we'll have you on at least one podcast. And then there's always like, you know, Jay's podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, because because Christy's always like, you know, if you if you like this artist and you want to have on, and I'm I'm always happy to have. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I I started this podcast for two reasons. The the first one was my first two seasons were on reggae history because mm-hmm. I was I was I was finding like so I'm older, right? I'm not I'm not a youngster anymore, and I got to the point where like, yeah, I know. Like, like, well, you know what? It was bound to happen sooner or later, but it. Not that old. I was finding I'm older than you think I am. So I'm older than you think I am. I was hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) I was I was I was finding that that the youth was talking about slightly stupid revolution, great bands, but they didn't know anybody that came before that except maybe Bob Marley. And I was going okay. So. I don't know much about revolution. I don't know much about tribal seeds. I want to learn about them. And I want to help other people learn about the ones who came before. So it was like this exchange of information where it's like, it was, it was, I call it the first two seasons was the show is called reggae bridge because that's what I was trying to do was bridge because there's, there are very few people, very few reggae fans who really, yeah, Yeah. they they often don't cross over. So it's like, let's do this. Let's bring this Mm -hmm. all together. And help me learn about new stuff too. The other reason I started this and started having guests on was because anything I can do to help other people, to help other musicians spread the word about themselves, which is a branch of what you're doing. I mean, that's the whole game here is to introduce artists to new fans because that's all it is. That's all, it's PR, marketing, branding, all that is going into every artist wants as many fans as possible. That's what you, and I love that you're going, I love that you're going past it really into, uh, into marketing and stuff like that. Cause a lot of PR doesn't do that. It's like, we'll, hook you up with, yeah, they're, they're like, we'll hook you up with bloggers. And it's like, great. Like, like that's not enough. Like there's gotta be more than that. And I love what um, you're doing. A lot of things are, um, marketing for you, not marketing with you. So that's one way that we differ. And that's, that's, the exception, like I have statistics that um, most PR firms don't even offer marketing or social strategy. So we're a leg up there as well. And that's why I feel so confident, even though it's a new area for me um, per se, because I've always done content creation. I've always promoted artists just on the media and things. Um, And I've received the press releases. I've never actually like given them um, until now. But I I feel very confident because we have what other PR firms don't have. And especially for the niche reggae artists, whether they're reggae rock, California reggae, island reggae, Jamaican reggae, um, whatever they have and bring to the table, they're not going to get overlooked by the big, big PR firms. And so that leaves a few niche PR firms that even cater to reggae and know about who to talk to for reggae. So Yes, we're accepting all genres of music before before reggae, which is like the little guy in the industry. That genre is like not even really recognized by the Grammys. They they lump all reggae into one award. And that is a new award. It used to be world music. And so 
Yeah, the, the I, Grammys should burn in hell, that's for sure. But go on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, um, but like also like the joint, like I love Sirius XM, the joint, but they only do the roots and that's fine. Um, but there's just so many subcategories of reggae that, you know, it depends on what podcast or what what publication it's not just a reggae podcast or reggae publications. Like what sub genres do they actually like? And that's, that's another thing that I have that knowledge for this PR firm that not other PR firms might not necessarily have. Like, where are you as an artist, as a band going to fit the best and get the most growth yeah. from these pairs, these podcasts, these publications, no, obviously that's... I want to get them into as many media uh, outlets as possible, but. Right. But you got to target it properly. And you're, you're exactly. right about like reggae for, for a genre that's not one of the more popular genres, the number of subgenres in reggae. And the reason why the Grammys, why I say that about the Grammys is like, so yeah, they've got a reggae album of the year. And it's like, but like, there's no recognition of dance hall, which is way bigger in no. Jamaica than roots reggae is right now. And it's like, and they're, they're just ignoring it. And, and oh, absolutely. That, like, yeah, it ignores yeah. so many things and yeah. it lumps it all together. And it's, there's just best reggae album, I believe, not even like artists of the yeah, year. It's right? just, like, it's just the album. Yep. It's just, just reggae album, album of the year. And they don't show it on the show. It's like, you find out the next day, Yeah, you know, you got to look it up to figure out who won. And, and, you know, they, and they do, they nominate great. Like all these artists are great. It's not yeah, the artists. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the artists. It's just, you'd like to see the Grammys kind of catch up. I, I don't want revolution, steel pulse, coffee, and I don't know, the green or whatever, throw an Island artist in there, like mm. at the, in the same category. That's not even fair to judge in my no. opinion. Like no. that just is a matter of taste. Yeah. Personal taste. Right. Right. And you can love all those bands, but they are, they are very completely different. different sounds. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's all very different. Judge them so, yeah. Yeah. Like it's not apples to apples as they would say in marketing. It's apples right. to oranges. <laughs> and you find sometimes like just when you say the word reggae, people have questions because it's like, okay, like what kind of reggae, like what, what is it? What are you doing? So it's like yeah. to, to, mm -hmm. to address that the way that noteworthy is, I think is, is a, it's a very important thing. And I think it, it gives, it definitely gives you an edge over anyone else who services reggae and also just giving artists that personal, like you were saying, marketing with them. And so I'll tell you my experience. I, I, I worked with a PR firm and this was our first album. So this was probably eight or nine years ago. And it was like, I, I don't want to say it was a bad experience because at least I learned from it. And if I learned something from it, then it wasn't bad, but it was a lot of money to not have the experience that I feel I should have had. And so for somebody who's worked with PR firms before hearing the way you're doing it is important. And I would encourage any artist listening to this, who's trying to really build their name. Just, just give Christy a call. Just, oh, yeah, send, send, you know, just hit her up, you know, just, just hit her up and, and, um, you know, and talk to her and, and let her know where you're at and what you want out of this and what she can do for you. Cause uh, it sounds like uh, you're heading the right direction. I appreciate what you're doing. 
Thank you. Um, yes, noteworthypublicrelations.com. Um, you can find a um, submit form there under contact us or just Christy at noteworthypublicrelations.com. Um, you can email me directly, find me on Instagram. Um, we are noteworthypr um, on Instagram. Give me a DM um, or, you know, my personal account yeah. or underscore Christy Rose, double underscore. Um, and I'm going to ask you to say all that stuff again at the end. So that way- <laughs> That way people can, can hear it twice. Yes, not yeah. a problem. And um, yeah, so, oh, shoot. I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> Sorry, um, I interrupted you. Oh, it's a, no, it's okay. I'm just a space cadet. Um, our, our, our foundation is growing. So we, I have full confidence that um, I will be able to render a lot more artists, a lot more of their expectations obviously we're three weeks in so there's growth potential in every area but i feel like within three weeks um my clients are happy um they they haven't been let down which was my biggest fear (laughs) and um yeah they've gotten some airplay some podcasts some articles and um with top shelf there's always you know that guarantee um Another reason why I started Noteworthy is because not only was it what the people in my freelance areas of work wanted um, to help them out and, you know, get some money in my bank, but I've noticed that PR firms let people down a lot, like what you were saying. And I've heard the experiences of people saying, yeah, it's so much money, blah, blah, blah. I like, I can't do PR and the creative music production and touring and booking and all the things, especially just starting out. So I, I like how I can be an asset for, I don't want to say smaller artists, but like up and coming artists that aren't established enough to have a label, to have management, to have the connections in the industry that I've gained over the last 15 years. Um, so that's why like um, Kaylee and I have slashed our rates for early adopting clients um, by a third of the industry standard. Um, we charge per project and you have the option to have like a monthly membership instead of like a retainer. That's a big, scary word. We, um, we have a very low priced membership where you can have access to us with throughout the month. You can consult us with anything you need. Um, and we're there with you the entire time. And that's, not like the project. Awesome. Yeah, you can pay us per project and we'll do it for you, but yeah. we'll be with you as well. And that's up to you. Yeah, that's really cool. It's it's so important for you spoke about branding earlier. And and mm-hmm. there's sometimes I think branding is overstated. And there's other times where you see a band and it's like branding is not overstated for you because you don't have any and you need to do something that's gonna look. There's there's a billion fish in this sea. Even, oh, yeah. even, even in reggae rock or whatever you want to call it, where like it's oversaturated, any genre, even if it's a smaller genre, it's going to be oversaturated. So my, my thing with artists, especially newer artists is, you know, like, what are you doing? That's different. Like, what are what, what about you is different. And, and a lot of times they can't answer that. And that's where you come in is to look at that and be like, here's what we can do for you. That is so huge for so many artists because there's very few of us who know exactly what our vision is, exactly how to promote ourselves. That's not something everybody can do, especially musicians. Cause like you said, right. You're focused on writing, recording, touring. Like I don't have time for all this other stuff. 
Well, I don't want to give too many tips away. Um, also, the branding and marketing strategies um, are more on the Kaylee side, but I did get a certification in music business and artist management from NYU over the quarantine. So one of my classes was um, how to build your own brand, not just through your band or your artists, but your persona, um, just the way you're carrying yourself the way that where you come from, what clothes you wear, your image, your everything is part of your persona. It's not just your music. And that's what a lot of artists don't understand. And so we not only try to coach you to capitalize on these, these differences that you bring to the table that aren't just about your sound. Um, but we like help you strategically use this moving forward and everything you do, not just your music and your performances, but your, your sponsorships and partnerships, like what is a good fit for your personal persona. And that seems to be blowing a lot of artists mind that come our way. Cause they, they just like, Oh yeah, well we're different. Cause we have horns. I'm like, well, uh, let's talk about how you grew up. <laughs> let's talk about your dad. Let's talk about your mom. Let's talk about, you know, like it's, it's hard because we're in, uh, especially with reggae artists, they're in such a niche genre that a lot sound alike, even yeah. if it's like, oh, we have horns or we have a keyboard section or percussion or whatever. A lot sounds alike um, because you're trying to fit into that niche genre with your sound, even if it's a little bit different, it's still within that niche genre. So you have to have a story and that is your branding, the story. Why should people go with you? follow you, support you. Why are you special? Not just your sound. Why are you special? And to be honest, like I like to throw out Kyle Smith, man. He's branding wizard. Like, I don't know if you're aware, but like, that's my main example of like, okay, who is doing the persona and the branding correctly? Kyle Smith is. Um, I, if you're not aware of his own personal journey, he's very open about how he was going down a dark path with drugs and addiction and music saved his life that message right there sells his music. It doesn't matter what his music sounds like, which is still good. Yeah, <laughs> It's still good. Um, but it really doesn't matter because that message already sold the public. And he likes to remind the public moving forward on his socials, like, by the way, this was the bridge that I was under. And it was like, I was underweight and dying. And now I have this CD and he has this post. And then like, he, it's, it's that kind of branding that's beyond the sound that we like to coach for you. Yeah. And I feel like I just gave a lot of coaching away. No, I don't, I don't think you did. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, because you can I'm like, you can, damn, I should have charged. No, 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 no. Because, well, if you want, I, we monetize this episode and and I love Kyle. I, I, I had Kyle on the, on my show a while back. Um, it was a lot of fun to talk to that dude, but yeah. No, I don't think you really gave anything away because just because you tell somebody, yo, you need branding, you need a story. Like people hear that. They still don't know how to manage They still don't know life. how to do it. So it still takes yeah. your expertise and it takes, it takes the honesty because, you know. And, and it's hard to be that yeah. honest with yourself. It you can be honest with others all day, but honesty yeah. with yourself is like really yeah. peeling back the lens, you know, peeling that onion yeah. layer at a time and really getting down to the core of what you stand for. Yeah. And we have like Kaylee has exercises on um, my business partner that will help you through something like that. Um, I chime in from time to time, but she's the one that, you know, has the actual degree in yeah. that area. Yeah. And, and 
it, that honesty, it also doesn't like, it also doesn't really come from your friends either because your friends are going to love you and they're going to think you're the greatest band in the oh, world yeah. because they're your friends. It's so positive to, feedback, to, you know, yeah, like, so, and, and even, and even, even if you have a manager, a lot of times that's somebody who's rooting for you and, and taking, and taking 20%. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so like they're, they're, they're cheerleading you the whole way and no one has the balls to give you it, it honestly. And um, and this is the part where I should be charging for advice too, because I'm going to tell you, you need someone like Christy, because just like you were saying, like you were saying, okay, your music, you got horns, like, yeah, whatever. But man, I'm going to tell you, like, there's a million bands with dudes wearing shorts and backwards baseball caps. Okay. There's a million bands where, the, where you listen to them and you're like, why does this dude sound like he's trying to sound like Eric from revolution? Why, you know, why is this dude singing like, like, and and you you got a bad thing no like look at bruno mars's career his whole career is built on singing and performing like everyone else in the past but he has a story to go with it exactly and that's the difference so it's like no like you said no matter what you're doing how you sound you still need to have that story to go with it and originality makes a difference and maybe it doesn't make a difference to everybody but it, it does make a difference it's also about what do you want out of your career do you want to make a lot of money, be popular? Do you want to be a legendary band? Like, what is it you want from your career? And this is the type of stuff that Christy and Noteworthy PR can help you with. Exactly. Um, figuring out your audience. That's, that's something else um, that, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I just want people to listen. Well, what people? Who? Yeah. What do they look like? Where do they, where do they live? Mm-hmm. How much money do they make? Yeah. What ages are they? Are they female, male? Doesn't matter. You know, um, like it's, it's a lot. And, um, yeah, again, like that is more Kaylee's domain. Uh, I'm more on the content creation, the artist relations side of things, but you know, I do chime in from time to time because I, I do have, you know, a background in that as well. Yeah. Cool. It's important. It's really important. And it's the one thing that a lot of people don't understand because they're like, oh, I'm just me. This music is just me. It's me being me. I'm like, well, who are you? Do you even know? Most people don't. Yeah. And what about you is different? Like what, what makes you, why should people pay attention to you? People, we, man, we got Spotify, we got YouTube, and we all have very little time for anything new to come into our worlds because we're occupied with everything else. We got families, we got rent, mortgages, all that stuff. Why should I care about you? Tell me, tell me why I need to care about you. And that's the way people think. And they might not say it, but that's what they think. And so, yeah, that's, that's, you got to separate yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like Kaylee and I, you know, yeah, it is a business and it's nice to be making money in the music industry for once after <laughs> 10, 12 years <laughs> feels nice, but, um, we're also, I feel like we're also helping as much as we're getting, you know? Um, so I, I feel a little bit more fulfilled about my life for, <laughs> for, a, for the last three weeks. Um, I don't know. I don't want to talk to like, I don't want to put words in Kaylee's mouth, but I'm sure she would agree that it yeah. feels like we're helping. And so. that's the, that's the best type of business when you can, you know, look, we all go into business to make money. We all got bills to pay, but when you're doing something that helps people that helps build their careers, that helps build their joy, that helps make their life, man, that's, that's, um, that's the real blessing right there. Let's, let's, Let's talk about your credentials and by your credentials, I don't mean where you went to school or what you did. I want you to tell me all the shows that you've seen, right? Like you must've seen so many shows right now that 
you know what you're talking about because you've seen all these bands, you've seen all these other artists. So it's not just the services you can offer, but it's your background, it's your history with music that can help provide these bands that expertise. Yes. Um, well, I've always grown up in the music industry. Um, I have some famous people in my family. Um, I can't play a musical instrument to save my life, but I'm the only one, the only one in my entire <laughs> extended family. Everyone else can play an instrument. It's ridiculous. But because of that, and because of like the fame of some of my family members, like I've always had music, but, um, Moreover, it was film and television and just that medium that really captivated me from a young age. Like I was that kid with the high eight video camera that always had the camera rolling. It doesn't matter what it was. And I would cut it together on the VCR and I'd make these stupid home videos when I was eight, nine, 10, I would use my siblings. We'd have like a, all right, let's do like a martial arts film in the park, you know? And we had this whole narrative of like how we're defending the park from this like ghost ninja, you know? Um, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a thing. And then, um, like I, got an agent when I was 11 or 10 and was on a kid show on public access. That was very much like Degrassi, only more embarrassing. And, um, I, I don't know. I took screenwriting classes and junior high. I did video editing classes, um, at the college level, actually, um, with Boise state university. And it kind of turned into this, like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And then my mom's like, no, nah, you should go to college and be like a doctor or something. I'm like, well, I guess psychology. Well, I got to San Diego State and I couldn't for the life of me pass the psychology math, which is like a bunch of high level statistics and calculus. And I was like, I don't know. Um, so I switched majors to film, television and new media. And that's what I ran with. And then I face planted into the music industry again at Seedless Clothing when I started dating my ex, um, who was in a band. Um, it was a band called Ease Up, which is still around, um, but he's not in it anymore. And um, I just started meeting all these people and I like graduated with a film degree, wanted, you know, to run with like making music videos for people. Well, I made one music video for a San Diego band that no longer exists. And um, it turned out all right. Kind of embarrassing to look back on because my skills were not as good as, <laughs> you know, nine years later. Um, now in 2021. Um, but I was like, Oh, who needs, who needs the next project? And everybody was like, well, can you do photos? Can you do photos? And so I was like, I guess I can learn photography. So that's where I started <laughs> dabbling. And it was really bad because film and photography completely different, but you can use it on the same device. Right. So I started photography terrible in 2012 it was just really bad and now i feel like i can call myself a photographer it's gotten better um <laughs> over the years but um because of that photography switch that's how i really got into the music industry and ran with that and um yeah i went back to school during the quarantine um it was virtual but it was nyu um and uh, Billboard did this program that um, was like music industry essentials and music business uh, classes. So I, I did that got that certification. And um, yeah, right before the quarantine, I got cast in a film that filmed in New York. And so I was in a feature film and that got me back into the film industry. 
because I never went to LA. I just stayed in San Diego. And this is a really convoluted story now that I'm like telling it. I'm like, and then I did this, and then I did that. No, I'm enjoying um, it. Keep going. <laughs> the movie was a trauma film. I don't know if anybody knows trauma, but they're I'm reading- in trauma. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was in Lloyd Kaufman's last film, who was the director of the Toxic Avenger and all the main trauma films. So I um, and if you don't know the Toxic Avenger, they're remaking it right now. I believe Warner Brothers. Hmm. I don't know. Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones is going to be the Toxic Avenger. Hmm. Okay. That's in the cool. works right now. So it's going like you're going to know it if you don't know it yet. Um, but the, the original one came out in the 80s, early hmm. 80s. And then there was like a kid show and then there was like a video game. I don't know. I played the video game. I never on. did. I think it was the original Nintendo. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I never, I never had that. Never had that game. You had to mop up people. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, for people that don't know the movie, it's um, very raunchy. Trauma is like the cult cinema. Like yeah. it is super gory. Yeah, gory yeah. pushes the line. And um, I was at a reggae festival in San Bernardino called Kaya Fest that was thrown by Stephen Marley and Damien Marley. And all uh, five of the performing Marley brothers headlined it together for like the first time in a long time or ever. I can't remember. And uh, Lauren Hill was the second headliner on the second day. Well, Miss Lauren Hill takes fucking forever to get on stage. Like, it's bad. And so that night I was in San Bernardino. I was working in an office at the time. I was like really upset that Lauren Hill was taking two and a half hours to get on stage. There was just no one performing for two and a half hours. She's just delayed. And so it's like, I think one in the morning and I have to work at an office at 7am the next day down in San Diego, which is like a two and a half hour drive. I'm like, I'm just waiting. I'm like pissed. And this drunk guy comes like sits down next to me in the backstage area. And he's like, are you shooting photos? I was like, mm, guy. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, I wish I could find my friends. And they're just, they're not here anymore. Trey, Trey and Matt left. I was like, sorry, did you say Trey and Matt? Because if anyone knows me, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are my heroes. Like, I, I think they are gods amongst men. And if you don't know who they are, they are the ones that created South Park. And they are the ones that do Book of Mormon on, on Broadway. And they've done all the Team America, basketball, you know, or Orgasmo, if you know that one. Um, Cannibal the Musical, nobody knows that one except for me. Um, but that one... Cannibal the Musical, they made at on spring break in their final year of college on campus. And it is a musical journey of the first case of cannibalism in the United States. And it's called Cannibal the Musical, and it's amazing. And that happened to be a trauma film. So this is how it's 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 getting there. Anyways, I started paying attention to Junk Guy because he said the magic words, Trey and Matt. And I'm like, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are here. And he's like, yeah, they were, but I don't know where they went. I'm like, take me to the last place you saw them. <laughs> like, fuck Lauren Hill. Where are my heroes? Like, I, let's go. And so he's like, okay, well, they were, at, they were at Jason's tent. And I'm like, I, little did I know he was talking about Jason McHugh, who was in Cannibal the Musical as the butcher. And he was in, um, I think he was an orgasm, but he was definitely the producer of both of those movies. 
and uh, one of their closest friends. So I get to the art booth, Trey and Matt are gone. And um, Jason McHugh is there. And I like fangirl, like, like I've been around so many people in this industry, but you should have seen me when I like met Jason McHugh, which he wasn't expecting at all. He has an art booth at a reggae festival because he's been doing art now. Um, (laughs) And he's like, oh my God, you actually are a fan. I'm like, yes. Oh my God. And I (laughs) apparently asked him the three of his favorite fangirl questions all in a row without taking a breath. And he's like, whoa, you should be like in movies. And the drunk guy was like, yeah, you should be in a trauma film. And I'm like, I don't even know what trauma is. Like, I didn't know that was toxic Avenger. I, I remember the cartoon as a kid, but not really. And, um, he's like, yeah, you should be in trauma. So they gave me the number of a casting director in New York, like a, a number in an email. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. Let's collab. And then I went and shot Lauren Hill and totally forgot about it. Mm. Um, months later, I'm like, Oh, it'd be weird if I hit up this casting director. Right. Like, so I emailed her and I'm like, Hey, um, I got your email. And I was wondering, like, do you have any projects coming up that I can audition for? And she's like, Oh yeah, come over to the office in Queens tomorrow. If you can. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in San Diego. I'll just come on over to Queens, New York real quick. Um, and she's like, Oh, okay. Well, do you want to just, you know, tape a monologue and like send it in virtually, whatever. I was like, okay. Totally forgot about that too. Um, life goes on about a couple months later. I was like, Oh, you know what? I never did that. I should do that. So I did. And then forgot about that. A couple months go by after that. And I get an email that says your cast in a movie, please report to New York for six weeks. And I'm like, I forgot about that. <laughs> it wasn't like a, a paid gig. I was like an extra, but I got, um, you know, it, it was an experience. And I was like, what, how often are you, you know, cast in a movie that you can say I did this before I died. So I quit my jobs. I was still doing top shelf at the time. Um, and just went to New York. I slept on a friend's floor for six weeks and, uh, was in a feature film. And I, I had a few lines in the movie. Only one of them made the movie. Mm. And, uh, but I had a lot of screen time. The movie was released at the Montreal film festival during the quarantine in August, 2020. It was supposed to hit like 500 theaters nationwide, but COVID and, uh, yeah, um, whenever Comic-Con comes back around, I guess I get to go promote that says Lloyd Kaufman at Comic-Con. So cool. yeah, it's called Shakespeare's Shitstorm. Go find <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I will be sure to check it out when I can. It was, it's, it's funny. Cause I've, I've always wanted to act like I, 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 I can't t- act. I, I, I took classes like way back in like middle school. Like it's something that I always thought would be cool to do. Um, I don't have much hope for it now because for some reason there's not a lot of roles in movies for people whose hair is six feet long. So I don't really, you know, what what am I going to do? I don't really, I don't really fit any of those. You know, you, you read. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. So so anyone out there's listening. You're closer in Florida than New York. (laughs) And I have a lot of family in New York, but yeah, if anyone's listening and and wants to cast somebody whose hair is longer than their body, uh, hit me up and I'll do that. Um, I want to talk about like, so you've seen all these great bands. Um, oh yeah, that was you, the original question. Yeah. My bad. And you did get to see Lauren Hill, which is great. In fact, I, I thought of her. You know, she's known for going on late, and I just saw that the Fugees are reuniting for a short yeah, tour. Yeah, for celebrate. one show in LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're doing, and they're doing. Um, I think they're coming down to Miami and doing like eight or nine other dates too. 
Oh, to, wow. Okay. To, I didn't to know celebrate. that LA one. Yeah, there's, they, I think they were going to just do LA and then they expanded to, I don't know, but I know they're doing it to celebrate the 30th, uh, to the 25th anniversary of the score or whatever it was. But anyway, uh, so I thought of that. I thought of her going on late, like with, with the Fugees, like, are they going to be yeah, going on late? Or is, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad. I I, I'm, I'm, you know, I love, I love people. So I always love to like stories of reunions and stuff like that. So when I heard they were reuniting for some shows, I was like, Oh, that's, that's so cool. But so you've seen some great artists. Um, who are, <laughs> who are some of your favorites? Not just like your favorites that you got to see, but your famous, your favorites that you got to, you know, shoot or write about, or like who, who were some of your favorite shows that you've seen? Oh my gosh. That's like such a loaded question in every category. So let's go with my favorite performance of, of all time. And you're not going to like it. Cause I don't think any of them are reggae. That doesn't Sorry. matter to me. Doesn't matter okay. to me. Um, Paul McCartney. Oh. I cried the entire time, but I'm like the biggest Beatles fan of generation Y. So <laughs> I like cried before he even got on stage. Cause they played a Beatles medley, like leading into him taking the stage. And I fucking, I just was sobbing. That's Luckily cool. I went and got like some kind of concessions and I had a napkin. That napkin was shredded, like just, just completely disintegrated from tears by the end of <laughs> the concert. So that and then um, I would say Beatle aside, um, I just saw Lindsey Sterling and it was probably one of the greatest shows ever in existence. Um, if you don't know Lindsey Sterling, she is an acrobatic ballerina violinist who likes to do EDM music and, you know, world music as she's dancing like an, like a ballet. As she's dancing, she's just violining she's she's doing crazy tricks back bending she's in you know it's a whole production she has costume changes and she's in a harness she's flying and she's upside down in a harness blindfolded playing the violin perfectly it's insane so that um i would say when I was in the photo okay oh wait 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 okay so not photo pit no we're not getting that yet so just greatest performances of all time. Um, those two. <sighs> I really enjoyed Lana Del Rey. I really did. It was emotional. Um, oh God, I don't know. There's just so many. Like I really enjoyed Smashing Pumpkins. Um, way more than I thought I was going to. Um, the See, revivalists saw, are great I, to watch. Um, I saw the pumpkins once and I was extremely disappointed. Really? And that's all I'm going to say about it. But there's only two bands who have ever really disappointed me. One was Smashing Pumpkins. The other was Jane's Addiction. And I'm just going to let it go uh, with oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it might have just been a you know bad night for both. We all have those. So I don't hold no, against them. But um, those, those were the two that stick out where I'm like, man, I wish that was better. I was, I love watching pop artists because of the production value, you know, like Katy Perry, like blew me away way more than I ever thought possible. Um, she's kick-ass and so is pink. And the two of them have, you know, uh, Tom Petty right before he died. Oh, I saw cool. his fourth last show. That's cool. That was, I cried the whole time there too. Um, yeah. When it comes to shooting shows, 
obviously, um, Tom Petty, <laughs> I didn't get to shoot Paul McCartney. Not yet. Um, when I was in the photo pit for the first time, six feet away from Brandon Boyd of Incubus, I lost my shit. And there's actually a wonderful gif of me singing during that performance in the photo pit, just losing my shit. Um, that was <laughs> captured by my friend Boston. She did a photo burst of me just, and it's just like, I'm, I'm like, I know exactly what song I'm singing to from this photo burst that she made into a gif. And it's just, yeah, it's just complete <laughs> fangirl photo pit camera and hand just losing my soul. That, um, that I enjoy shooting thievery corporation every time. Mm. Um, I enjoy beats. Antique is so fun to shoot again, the production value and the costuming and the dancing and everything. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, it's really, I know it's going to be a good photo shoot when it's like slightly stupid. There's going to be good photos no matter what. There's going to be good photos for Reb no matter what. Um, I, I do. I do like Michael Franti shows. Mm. Those are fun. Um, when it comes to like traditional reggae. I love Jesse Royal. I am a big Jesse Royal fan. Um, he was reggae revival, but it's like a Jamaican artist. Um, I mean, I've, I, I've gone to many tooth shows, RIP. Um, yeah. you know, steel pulse is always fun. That's my, that's my favorite. That's my all time favorite is steel pulse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I left that out to the end there, but, but yeah, actually, steel pulse I, is always fun. You know, you're going to have yeah. a good show. But it's, it's good. Oh, always, always, always. Every, they bring it every single time. Every time. And, and toots, I got to see, you mentioned before about, um, a Marley, like all the Marley's I actually got to see all the Marley's in Kansas city. And man, this has got to be like, maybe like 2005 or 2006, like pretty far back. And it was, it was the same thing. All five Marley's they headlined together and toots went on right before. And that was just a, a brilliant wow. show. Yeah. Brilliant show. Like I like the Marley's um, Damien Marley's always fun to watch. Yeah. Um, very hard to shoot. There's always that strobe and the red and like it's when there's strobing and red, like the photos are shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing we can really do. It's, it's tough. It's gotta to be tough to shoot. I've seen him a few times. He's always great. And, um, and since this is my, this is my show and the greatest thing about having your own show is like, you get to ask and talk about whatever you want, but have you seen fishbone? Oh yeah. Oh, Angela Moore. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That was my first show that I ever shot before yeah. Cali Roots three. It was at a skate park benefit show in Simi Valley. And mm -hmm. they were the first photo pass I ever had. Ever. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, this is actually the only press pass I've ever had was for fishbone. Um, I got to uh, a friend of mine had like, um, an old, like this was right around the birth of the internet for the rest of us, but he was still doing like a ska newsletter. And, oh, and so we got press passes and went to go talk to fit. And this is when I was like a teenager. So it was like totally cool. But, um, you know, you were talking about like big costume changes, production value. Fishbone doesn't have any of that and is still the best live band you're ever going to see for your money. I mean, catch Angela Moore without like some kind of weird costume on. He always has yeah. a getup, like, yeah. but he doesn't do a costume change. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, like, no, and no, I always say like no smoke, no lasers, no crazy back, nothing. Just, just a bunch of cats on stage 
have the most energetic stuff you're ever going to see. So I oh, was, yeah. I was I, such I, a stockhead yeah. growing up too. So it wasn't just like reggae ska. Like I loved real big fish and I still yeah. love real big fish. I don't care if people call them campy. Like I get down to real big fish shows, uh, less than Jake, mighty, mighty Boston's. There's just a guy that dances the whole time. Yeah. Like what fun. That yeah. guy is just so happy. It and is he's fun. Just he doesn't do anything. We just dance. Yeah. It's fun. It's energy. All, all those bands are great. So yeah. I'm going to ask you one last question. We'll go out on this and then you can tell everybody all your contact info. But who are some artists that you haven't shot that you're, re- that you're like, man, I really want to shoot so and so? I have a list. Like an actual list? Yes. I am impressed because you didn't even know I was going to ask. This is the wrong list. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's another list. Where is it? I'll find it. Uh, okay. I wasn't prepared. I can't find the list. Maybe it's in here. I can't find the list. I will just off the top of your head. Give me a few. Uh, I would say I am an alt girl. Mm. So I have not shot some of my favorite all-time artists. And they're not reggae. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. Flaming Lips, Arcade Fire, War on Jugs. Mm. Um, those three right there. It just makes me upset that I haven't done it. Um, I think those are like the most I'm upset about. It's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, be, you're, you're busy with a lot of other things and there's still plenty of time to shoot them. You know, these are not... Yeah. Yeah, these are not 90-year-old people. I'm sure um, you'll get a chance I, to shoot them. Obviously, Ringo Starr is on the bucket list because cool. other living beetle. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think. But um Are there any reggae artists that you haven't shot that you'd really like to? I have shot everybody that is in the reggae genre <laughs> just being like stemming from that and then being in top shelf reggae and then all the events were just reggae it's very rare for me to i think maybe coffee is the one that i haven't oh, cool. shot. i haven't shot her yet nice um but like everybody else god like there's only so many reggae bands going around <laughs> and artists and um yeah i, I just yeah cool I think just coffee. I've I've done like the other reggae revival artists like Protege, Fuck Your Men, Just Royal, John Ine, like um I can't think of any others that I haven't. That's a really interesting question. Now that you mentioned it, I'm like hmm. You're gonna think of one later now. You will. You will. You're going to think of one later and be like, man, I could have said that. I had the opportunity. That's why all the bucket list artists are not <laughs> reggae because like I've I've shot them all through Cali yeah. Roots and all the other festivals and just mm-hmm. one-off shows. It's yeah. just, well, it's, it's now business. the other genre. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah, you're in that business. Other. So anybody who comes through, it's like, this is what you do. So yeah, I, I can dig it. Cool. Well, please Christy, tell us where we can check out top shelf where we can check out noteworthy PR. Tell us every, everything. Okay. 
All right, guys got pen and paper. <laughs> Topshelfmusicmag.com. That is the home base for daily news. We have about two to three articles every single day in galleries and videos, and they all go live with your favorite artists. Topshelfmusicmag.com. You can find us online at at Top Shelf Music Mag. Um, Twitter is like underscore Top Shelf Music underscore because somebody had Top Shelf Music Mag already, which is weird. Um, but we don't really tweet. So you could tweet us. That'd be cool. Um, NoteworthyPublicRelations.com. If you're looking for um, PR representation, we'd love to have a consultation with you. Um, hit us up there or you can find us at Noteworthy to PR on all of the, all of the main things. Yeah. Cool. Yes. If you're a young artist, I would, or, uh, or any, any stage, really, I would encourage you to hit up Christy, uh, because they can really help. And I, I'll vouch for her. Um, because I, you can tell, you could tell uh, through everything you're doing. Cause you and I have talked on the side. Uh, I would encourage any artist to hit up Christy and noteworthy public relations and just talk, just have a talk about what they can do to help you grow as an artist. So yeah, well, Christy, the, you know, I can't do anything for you, but at least we can chat. That's right. Right on. Right on. And thank you so much for being on the Talking Reggae podcast. I really, I've been wanting to get you on here. Actually, even back when you were just doing Top Shelf, I wanted to get you on here at some point. So I'm really happy I had the opportunity to do that. Well, you know that this podcast is going to be an article on Top Shelf. You know that, right? Um, well, that's cool. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we got we to gotta give you love for having uh, us on. I appreciate that, but that's not why I do this. I do this. I really, I, I do it because I've always loved top shelf and because I really wanted to help spread the word about noteworthy, because I think it's an important service that you're providing for artists and best wishes to you and best wishes to all the artists who are working with you. And also if you're a reggae artist and you do uh, do a little bit of work with Christy, you might end up on the talking reggae podcast. You never know. So magic happens in this world, kids. Magic happens. Christy, thank you so much for being on here. I'll talk to you soon and one love. One love. God bless. Thank you. Want to know more about Street Level Uprising? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Did you know that you could get our dub EP absolutely free? Just go to streetleveluprising.com slash seven. That's the number seven. This EP is not available anywhere else. You won't hear it on Spotify. You won't be able to buy it on CD at one of our shows. This EP is just to thank you for your support and features dub versions of seven Street Level Uprising tunes. Check us out on Spotify or Apple Music to hear all three of our studio albums. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Talkin' Reggae. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>